Welcome to 2020 and Disaster Dark. Um, I wanted to kick this year off with an announcement. Um, at the end of last year, um, we got to welcome the Disney Dream Girls to the After Dark Podcast Network. Um, we've been friends with uh, Michelle almost as long as this podcast has been running. Um, so we were delighted to be able to get them to come on board with us. So I wanted to um, wish them continued success with us and I hope we can do some great work together and we are planning to have Michelle on uh, the podcast in the near future to talk about her recent trip to Disneyland. Um, thank you for joining us on the network and uh, here's to a great big beautiful tomorrow together. So please welcome the Disney Dream Girls to the After Dark Podcast Network. If you don't listen already, please find the Disney Dream Girls in your podcast app of choice. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Diz After Dark, a Disney podcast of grown-ups that's not the same as all the others. Each episode, we'll discuss the latest news from both inside and outside Disney parks and resorts but with an adult twist. All views and opinions are our own, and listener discretion is advised. Please lower your safety restraints, as things may get bumpy. But if you're ready, we'll get started. Hello and welcome to a new year, and your first episode of Disaster Dark. I am Nick, and on this Week show, I am joined by a colossal team of heavyweights, a band of brothers, if you will. I am joined first by the Scouse Scallywag, Mr. Craig Lucas. I am no longer Scouse. I am now only talking American for the duration of all podcast recordings. It will literally last two minutes. I know how this man works. This is not good. Do not, do not test me, son. And I mean, where in America he's from, nobody knows. It's Yosa <laughs> Trump. I am from Milwaukee. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, the dulcet sound you heard there was Mr. D. Happy New Year, pod listeners. Very good. Yes, indeed. Hope it's a good be. one. They, there's some professionalism coming through. Like, I don't even wish, wish our listeners Happy New Year. How embarrassing. Um, uh, we are also joined by Ryan. Good evening, good morning, and hello. I've not got a, a good, good enough uh, nickname for you yet, so apologies. I think of something next time. And of course, would Diz After Dark even be Diz After Dark without P-dubs? Hello. Well, I, mean, I don't know. The, the answer is yes, obviously. I mean, <laughs> you know, if I'm not here, it's still an episode of Diz After Dark, right? You know, it, as long as some of these people are involved, it's an episode of Diz After Dark. Oh, can we have an episode of Diz After Dark without your dulcet tones? Well, I mean, I think a lot of people would probably prefer it, if I'm honest. But uh, there you go. So, a new um, year. I'm oh, only sorry, going to use, sorry, I'm only going to use news stories from the reliable source of WWDNT.com. Okay? It's already cracking. Oh, my God. I mean, I mean, WWNT. He's always. He's already cracking up if that's going to be... The scouse is coming through already. Jesus no. Christ. He'll be wearing his MAGA hat in a second. Um, right, let's... Before... Um, we've got a big announcement to make, but before we do that, let's start the podcast as we do each and every episode. We're going around and asking what everybody is drinking. So, 
Uh, Mr. Craig, what are you drinking? Tap water. Excellent. Water from a tap for anybody who doesn't understand me. No, that's a faucet. Oh, <laughs> by the way. Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. She is one hot mama. I mean, she was. She still is, baby. I mean, she's been dead for the best part of a decade, but never mind. Um, you, you, sound sh- like Bob, you sound like Bob from The Mighty Boosh. <laughs> I don't know. The zookeeper. <laughs> well, well, bet you by golly wow. Okay. Uh, Ryan, what are you drinking? Uh, I've got soy milk. Soy milk? <laughs> what the <laughs> just holy a, just, a, just, a, just a cup of soy milk. Just, yeah, just a cup of soy milk. Are you wearing your lady's knickers? I mean, look, I, I like soy milk. I don't drink cow's milk. Um, not because I'm vegan. I just don't do cow's milk. But um, I, in, but then I couldn't drink a glass of milk when I was drinking cow's milk. So um, that's a bold choice, Ryan. But I like it. I know. I thought thought it'd be crazy for the new year. No, no. I think I think it's a good. I mean, as long as you realise it's crazy, and that's the main thing. Um, Mister D, take us out of this hell. Okay, so that is yeah. the tonic. It's a little can of tonic, which is going into ginger and rhubarb gin. Ooh. Cheers. Ginger and rhubarb gin. Yeah. I somehow, I somehow managed to miss all of the flavoured gins. Like, I was looking at a mince pie gin. Um, That's excellent. Blood orange. I can imagine they are. Um, I just, I, I think I hoped somebody was going to buy me one, uh, and, and mm-hmm. I didn't get it, so... Uh, never mind. Um, and finally, P-Dubs, what are you drinking? Fresh air. Don't think you can literally drink fresh air. I thought my milk. soy milk was the worst, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> come in at the end there. There's always some competition on this podcast. You've got to, you've got to at least say that. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, I he's hope. rendered. He's rendered me speechless. I'm now. I'm now going to alienate a lot of the listener base by saying, um, "I hope, P-Dubs, that you are able to keep your mouth moist for this podcast recording." Um, right. That I, is not a nice word. It does what it says on the tin. Exactly. That's why I said it would alienate people. I, it's like uh, discharge. Discharge is not a nice word. Jesus Christ! Hang on. Hey, I have got um, some Christmas stock left over. I am drinking a bottle of Michelob Ultra. So cheers, everyone. Happy New Year. Cheers. Now, this is the part of the podcast where normally we go straight into the news. However, um, we've got a, a big announcement to make. And I thought we should do it right at the top of the show to stop the suspense from killing people. So um, I really can't believe you just did that. Actually, I can. That is exactly why I expect you to do. Um, so Craig's American persona dying. It was. <laughs> it was, Ryan. I'm back. Yes. <laughs> that. Well, I suppose the timing's about right. So um, we're kicking off 2020 with this big news. Um, basically, enjoy this after dark while you can because it's dead. Yeah, we can- <laughs> I am. I am wielding the axe and I'm killing this after dark. That is not a joke. Just ashes are floating along parts of the Caribbean as we speak. Well, not just yet. It's still alive right now. You're listening to it. Um, but in all in all seriousness, um, 
we, me personally, uh, have been thinking about things for the podcast for a long time. Some would argue that I overthink things. Um, that's because I've got I'm undiagnosed with various conditions. I imagine, um, but your I do hair think being one of them. My hair being one of them. Um, but I, I do think a lot about the podcast and, and things that we do and things we do well and things we don't do well and, and things we could do to improve and uh, this, that, and the other. And this has been something that I've been thinking about for a really long time. And uh, I sat down with Craig and, and P-Dubs and kind of told them uh, how I felt about things and where I kind of saw things going and uh, made the decision and kind of twisted their arm into it um, that as of next month, as of February, this podcast will no longer exist as you know it. So Diz After Dark is technically dying. It is technically going away. And I'll explain technically why in a little bit. So the podcast will continue and hopefully everybody... Yeah, they tell you that as well. Um, and hopefully everybody that's on this episode, as well as the, the people that are also part of the team that aren't on this episode, are going to join us on that journey. Um, we are going to rebrand the podcast. We are giving it a new name. I'm not going to reveal that name just yet. We <gasps> have pretty much, I think, settled on it, but um, we'll announce that at the the end of next or, or next month's... Or, sorry, the next episode, not next month's. Um, so we will tell you about that then. Um, the feed will still be there. So when the the change happens, if you subscribe or if you look in the usual place, you will still see this. Um, but the, the name of the show will be changing. So if you do not subscribe and you want to follow on with us, then you're going to have to know what the new name is. So, um, you know, we'll announce that all in due course before things happen um the the old episodes are probably going to stay here we might decide to change that in the future i don't know so my advice is if you are behind or if you want to have these for prosperity then download them now because if they do ever disappear we'll have them up but they'll be somewhere else um and that's that's it in a nutshell um there won't be i don't think there'll be too many changes when we do move over to the new show. The reason for doing it is I wanted to do something that was a little bit more family friendly. Uh, although this show has, I think over time become a bit more of a family friendly show, it's still got that adult slant. And the one thing that I've, I've said to everyone is I don't want this to be watered down to the, the point where you get some Disney podcast where everything is sunshine, lollipops and rainbows. That's that's not the aim at all. If something sucks, we'll say, still say it sucks. If something's great, we'll still sing its praises. Um, but what I want to do is just make this a bit cleaner. Um, one of the selfish reasons for that is, you know, I've now got a child who loves listening to her dad do podcasts and oh, I have to be very Poor selective. Child. I know. And I obviously have to be very selective on what she gets to listen to. Luckily, Discover DLP is uh, always clean. So she likes listening to that one. Um, but, you know, I, I know that our biggest criticism in the past from people that have listened to us 
um, and, and maybe heard a few episodes and never listened again or have stopped listening um, after listening for a while is because of the content sometimes being a bit too much for them. So I don't, I'm not looking to new to this. I'm not saying that we're not still going to be fun and, and have laughs and stuff like that. We will do. It will just be a bit cleaner than it is now. That's that's all I really want to change. We're also going to try and be more focused on here as well. So although we've got a structure, I think we're going to try and just tweak that a little bit and make it even more uh, smoother than it is now currently. So these are all things that we are looking to do when we move over. Now, I said this after dark is dying, but technically that's not completely true because this after dark will live on as our new patreon show it's a so, jesus miracle it's a jesus how mary pass um so for those of of you that are patreons for the last year or so you have had disaster dark at the movies which personally is, is probably my favorite podcast that we do together because uh, it, it's no holds barred we have a real laugh doing it uh, the jingle all the way episode is a particular highlight um so we're going to do disaster dark as a as a once a month show it will kind of be incorporated into what after dark at the movies was but we'll also still be discussing disney and that is where you'll hear a more uncensored um version of our show still so if you want to hear the kind of uh, disgusting guff that would come out of Craig's mouth, uh, you will hear it on Patreon. Um, he's not guaranteeing me that, I, but I think he will. I have one question. It all, it all sounds fantastic, but do we have to now say beep van beep instead of dip van dyke? No. So on this, on this particular podcast, because it's British, then um, dick van dyke is not a swear word. Um, okay, fine. In that case, yeah. I'm still I'm still on board. Perfect. That's exactly can we, the support I wanted. Can we all just say our favourite swear words now, just to get it out of our system? Not not just now, but in when I wrap this up, absolutely, absolutely. That's how we'll, we'll end this segment. So um, we're gonna. That's going to be on Patreon. It's going to be once a month. We are going to adjust the Patreon tiers as well. Um, I think we've had the current ones for either a year, possibly two. I don't know. Um, so we are going to go and adjust those. So we're going to bring uh, the the cost down on the Patreon for those people that want to listen to uh, Diz After Dark still. And on top of that, as another bonus, we are going to release our episodes early on Patreon. So the new podcast, when that starts in February, you will get those episodes two days before the rest of the world. So we are moving our release date from uh, Monday to Wednesday. So I will, you know, the, the aim is that we will continue to record on a Monday night. Normally I record those episodes, edit them quite quickly and get them out that same night. Um, so what we will do now is they will go out on Patreon first uh, with no ads and then they will go out to the public on Wednesday so that's what we're going to be doing so i appreciate it's a lot to take in um or I, not. Or not. um i know that they there will be some of you that might well be disappointed with that um, or not or not i'm hoping i'm hoping obviously that you're you're not too 
disappointed. I said, like, the team's going to be the same. The, the content is going to be very similar. It's just not going to be quite as edgy as it has been in terms of the language that we use. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I don't want to change things too much, but I do feel that we have got a bit of a reputation which three or four, maybe five years ago might have been justified. But I think we're a much better podcast now. And I don't think that we get the credit that we deserve for what we do. And so it's just a chance for us to kind of go, right, we're starting afresh. Give us another chance um, and try and get some of those people back that, that wrote us off all those years ago. So that's it. But by all means, anybody out there that wants to contact us, do it on a Facebook group, do it on, you know, via email uh, or private messages if you're friends with us and, uh, you know, happy to, to explain. This is more. like when Take That broke up. There's a phone number it's, you can ring it's for counselling. Really, it's really not, and I'll tell you why, because um, that was done in about two minutes. This has been about half an hour because I'm doing the announcement. However, on that bombshell about Take That, uh, that's all I wanted to say about this change at this time. So I'm going to go back to Craig. And Craig, um, you can start first with uh, your favourite swear word. And, and then we'll I'll, I'll go around to people in order. Oh, soapy piss flaps, vaginal discharge, diarrhoea, castration, cunt face bastard. Oh. Uh, that's pretty much everyone. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean that's, that's hasn't not, left much. Not left much at all. Uh, Ryan? He didn't get my favourite one, though. Hey. Um, mine is one that I feel like you can use every day without getting into too much trouble, and it is uh, cockwomble. Oh, that's a good. Uh, you don't good say that in real life. I bet he I, does. I bloody do. <laughs> yeah, I've been to the south. Um, Mister D, what's yours? Damn. Oh, that is a good one. Strong, Damn. bold, powerful. P dubs. Bullockhead. Oh, sounds a little bit like someone else we know on another podcast. Um, I am going to go with twat. Oh. And of course, I am from Essex, so cunt. Um, oh, can I just say mine one last time? No, that was far too many all at once. Like, that was just, complete brain overload. Just one month. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we should all change your names as well. Just one month. Can do. You can do. Yeah, I, think sh- I think we should. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. If you want to all go off and choose new names when we relaunch the podcast, um, you know, I'll have a list in front of me and, and we will start with that as well. I'm, I'm more than happy with that. I'm going to be um, Adam Goodger. Uh, I'm going to be um, the Northern no, Wound Stretcher. You, you, be ca- you be careful, Greg. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't a good idea to go to you on that. Um, right, so that's the big announcement out of the way. That's done. I now want to get on with the show properly, so we are now going to go and have a look at the latest in park news. The Dad Disney Parks News Roundup is sponsored by WP Magic Journeys. To find great prices for your next Disney holiday, as well as letting someone take the stress out of booking your fast passes and your dining reservations, contact Wendy at wpmagicjourneys.com or wpmagicjourneys on social media mention this after dark for a 25 dollar off your deposit it is the smart way to book your dream disney holiday 
call it day. I'm going to be human jello. Human jello. He's his Mexican cousin. Um, right, who no, wants to my kick name us is you. Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to ask who's going to kick us off. P-dubs. I'm, I'm electing you to kick us off this week. Right. Do we want to go with our discussion from the Facebook page first? Pretty much, yeah. That's what I was yeah. going to you first. Right. So we, um, we talked about this amongst ourselves, and we have been for a while, I think. Yeah. Especially, Craig, I know it's been something you've been expecting for a while. Um, yeah. And that's the, the rumour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so... It's been it's been rumoured for a little while, and and the rumour's got stronger recently. And we all think it's it's likely to happen, and that is that they're going to be charging for extra fast passes. Um, we don't know much detail at the moment, um, other than it seems like they're going the same way that they have done in Paris, in Disneyland, as well with the Max Pass. Um, that you'll be able to book more fast passes, earlier fast passes. Um, and lots of different different versions of it, depending on where you're staying, if you're staying on property, if you're not staying on property. Um, so, Craig, I know you, you had some ideas about about it yourself, as well, we just mentioned. Just from going in August last year, uh, the, the five days we spent at Universal, we stayed in one of the top three hotels, the Hard Rock, and we had unlimited express passes for all the rides. And what that does is it just gives you unbelievable freedom. So we had early park admission where you could do the Harry Potter ride, uh, Escape from Gringotts. Is that your stomach? Um, And then you can just stroll around the park at your leisure or you can power walk, bang, 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 and be done by one o'clock and be out the park for a nap or whatever. But when we transferred over to Disney, this time, again, I'm going to say more than ever, again, more than ever, because there was 17 of us at one point, we were chasing our tail constantly to get to the next fast pass. And I know you have an hour to use your fast pass, but sometimes even that wasn't enough. You know, I you've mean, got baby, babies, pensioners, whatever. You, you've got your three even at 60 days, you don't sometimes get your choices. And then at some of the parks, like Epcot, some of the choices aren't even choices because they're just not worth having. And at Hollywood Studios, the choices are flawed as well. So Magic Kingdom has already got no tiers. Mm. You can just book your fast passes. Um, for me personally... The deluxe hotels at Disney need to adopt the same criteria that Universal use and just have unlimited fast pass for them hotel guests. And then everybody else gets early park admission and the option to have their three fast passes 60 days out or buy, like you can at Universal, one ride on every ride. And I still think that would work. I really do. I I think just because of the capacity of, of the hotels, I mean, I don't know what the occupancy rate is of a Grand Floridian or uh, a Contemporary or, or something like that, but I'm guessing that we're talking 
you know, thousands of, of guests at a time. So if you went up to that tier and you, you know, started offering all of those hotel guests um, unlimited fast passes, then I think you're going to run into a slight issue. Yeah, but you heard, you heard the crowd, don't you? Because how many deluxe hotels are there? Uh, four, five, four, five. <clears throat> um, got Polynesian, Grand Floridian, Contemporary, um, Beach and Yacht Club, yeah. Beach and Yacht Club, Boardwalk, the boardwalks are deluxe because that's more expensive. Than Animal Beach Kingdom Club. Lodge, yes, yeah, so that's yeah. that's seven. So, so let's, if you let's were, say if you were, there's yeah, four but, parks, there's four parks. So you could have two hotels one day. That's your early park admission. Two hotels another day. That's so you would hear the crowds do from the deluxe hotels to different parks. If you, yeah, I, I mean, I suppose there are ways of making. If you just flat out said, if you stay at a deluxe, you get this fast pass and let you do whatever you want. I think that would that would fail because I think there'd be too many people with that and that would mean that the fast pass queue would be a similar length to the regular queue. So I don't think that would work. If you did what you said and kind of went, right, okay, uh, on Monday at, you know, the Polynesian and the Grand Floridian, uh, you get a fast pass to the Magic Kingdom and, you know, other guests get Epcot or whatever. I think that in itself could, could potentially work. But you could be, you know, we listed off their seven hotels that are deluxe and there may have been some that we missed off. I mean, let's be honest now, they do early park admission, right? And that's for all hotel guests across all hotels. And then it's a a staggered, it's only one land that will be open. It's not the whole park. This would need radical changes to the system. It's like Universal. They only open the Harry Potter area and um, the Minions. What I'm suggesting is the whole park is open for the various different, you know. That's going to cost them. That's going to cost a massive amount of money, though. It's going to offset a lot of. Of course, it is. But they're going to be making an absolute fortune on the back of this. An absolute fortune. But I think, I still think it's counterproductive in that if you gave that to every, at at the moment, and somebody correct me where I'm wrong, because I'm going to be wrong, but isn't it, if you stay at club level in some of the hotels, you get extra fast passes? You pay for extra fast passes and you've got to commit to several days of payments. Right. You can't just pick. So if they if they made that free for people that stayed at club level, for argument's sake, then that would still be a premium experience to those people that have got the money to pay more for yeah, it. How many people are at club level across the entire resort? But then that will that would see an increase, surely. Yeah, but again, what's the capacity of club level across the entire resort? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Um, it's it's not a law, but um, that's my idea anyway. That's how I would fix the situation. So, what would you boys do? And then we'll read the comments out. 
Um, for me, it comes down to what the cost would be in comparison. I know how you feel, Craig, about your time and money. Um, and for you, you would quite happily pay extra if it meant that it gave you more time uh, in order to do things and less time queuing up. Um, but for someone like me, it's it's all about how much the, the holiday itself is costing. And if we're well, talking... Just, just, just very quick, right, we priced up for the beach club with the, with the, um, for, the, for this year. We're not mm-hmm. going this year, but for this year. So with the beach club, we got the dining plan, which was the sit-down dining plan. To stay at uh, the French Quarter or a moderate and pay for the upgraded dining plan because you get the basic dining plan, it was more expensive than the beach club. Mm. So so you do say you, have, you are a price point and all that, and I appreciate that. But there is, there is little glitches in the situation where you might be able to experience a beach club level holiday and it'd be cheaper than Port Orleans. I mean, that won't be an issue very soon, though, because the dining plan won't exist. Well, and that and that's that's another thing. So, if you know, at the moment, and let's say that because we don't know, but let's say the dining plan's going nowhere. Right? I think we all think it probably won't last, but let's pretend it's it's going nowhere. So, let's say instead you get the option if you're staying at a certain tier. So, if you book a deluxe, yeah. you have the option of having. Disney dining plan for three weeks or unlimited fast passes for the for the three weeks instead. Um, and you have one or the other. Then, dining I, plan. Right. But for some people, no, they might no, yeah. go, you know what, I'd, I'd go for the fast passes. Because to be honest, the biggest the biggest pain for me at the moment, and I'm, I'm not planning a Walt Disney World holiday anytime soon because of well, for various factors. Um, but what puts me off going back there now compared to when we last went back in uh, 2010 is the way that the fast pass had changed. Um, when me and P-Dubs went to Hollywood Studios and we had the issues that we did getting the fast passes that we wanted because of the tiered system, um, it, it put a dampener on, on the whole experience for me because you couldn't, you know, the queues were so long for the attractions in the standby line in the heat with no shade that you weren't able to do the things that you wanted to do. So, you know, you had to really sacrifice your time to do one or two of the attractions you'd like to do that day rather than getting four, five, six done. So, you know, for me, um, and this is someone that doesn't eat a lot anyway, um, I'd much more be inclined to go for something that gave me more fast passes without the need to use the reservation system than to have dining for three weeks. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't take advantage of it in the same way that other people would. Because I don't need three sit-down meals a day, so you know that that would be what I would do if that was the options presented to me. But it would come down to cost, and quite frankly, you know, if we're talking the difference of uh, a five grand holiday or a ten grand holiday that gave you that stuff, then I'd probably have to go for the five grand holiday and just you know, do what everyone else has to do. You know what I, I would do if, if I was Disney and they're not going to do this because it would cause uproar. I would scrap the entire fast pass system because it's a complete waste of time that puts the queue for standby above and beyond anything else. And if you want proof of that, look at Smuggler's Run. Mm. 
has no fast pass and is operating smoothly than any other attraction launched in recent years. Well, look at Spaceship Earth. But if they do away with the current fast pass system, then they'd surely put a paid for fast pass system in its place, wouldn't they? They wouldn't right. have. They wouldn't have nothing. They wouldn't have just standby. I don't think. I can't. Say, no, they wouldn't. They yeah, wouldn't. I can't say I think that, no Disney Park that would be my ideal. Pass. That would be my ideal approach. I don't think Fast Pass yeah. is helpful at all. I think people, you know, I love planning a Disney trip, but at the same time, it's a huge pain in the ass to, to plan your days from when you're going to eat, exactly what ride you're going to do. You know what? I, I, I do sometimes miss the, day, the time where you could turn up at Magic Kingdom and just yeah. decide what to ride and know that you're not going to have to wait three hours to go on something. Unfortunately, it's gone more the other way, though, isn't it? With the new yep. Disney Genie and, and everything that's coming, it's going to be more planned, and that's that's the problem. The, the, but the problem is Disney have been so successful, really, because you know when we started going to Disney back in the late nineties, there were there were quiet times of the year, but there aren't mm-hmm. any quiet times of the year now. And so I think Disney have recognised that, and now they're just trying to milk. They're basically saying we know they're going to come how can we make as much money out of that as possible? So you've got all these add-on, paid-for experiences, and if FastPass goes the same way, boy, oh boy, for the for the non-on-site Disney guest, they're getting fleeced something awful, especially well, from September through until the end of December when you've got all the Halloween parties and the Christmas parties. And I've said this yeah. before, if you go at the wrong time, right, especially if you're an American and you go for like five nights, three or four of those nights could be either Halloween parties or Christmas parties. You can't you get kicked out of the Magic Kingdom. You're still paying the same price for your ticket. You're getting and, and now on top of that, you know, you might not be able to get on the top rides because the fast passes are all gone. And and the thing is, I was talking to somebody yesterday about um them going to Disneyland Paris for the first time and these are uh, people that have well it's a couple where one of them went once for like the day um, but they've never had a proper Disney holiday and they were trying to work out Florida or Disneyland Paris and they're probably going to go for Disneyland Paris as a taster before going to Florida and um, I, I, I was talking to them about it and I said the problem is and this, this applies to all Disney holidays which is why this is relevant there are so many things that you really need to know before you book a holiday to a Disney park, that your experience can be seriously diminished if you haven't done your homework. And that's not having a pop at anybody because there's a lot of information out there, a lot of misinformation as well. Um, But some people will go into travel agents and just go, I want to go to Disney and book a holiday and that's it done. And they'll turn up and they won't know about fast passes. They won't know about some of the, the apps you need to use in order to, to do certain things in some of the parks. Um, they'll probably have no idea how to meet characters. Um, you know, if you don't do your homework, it can be a really, really rough experience. And you do see people that go to Disney and say never again. And sometimes it's because they generally have just not enjoyed it for whatever reason. Um, but other times because the, their experience was so bad, like the queues were so long because they went at the wrong time of year. Um, and as Mr. D said, like now at Disney World, you don't really get a quiet time. So that that comment doesn't really apply quite so much. 
But at the same time, you know, you mentioned the the uh, paid for parties, and if you don't know about those, then you know that can really hinder your experience as well because you're paying for a three week ticket or a two week ticket. And then you're told at five o'clock or whatever time they serve you out, oh, um, you've got to leave now because you don't have the right ticket for tonight. You know, how how is that going to make you feel? If you, if I, know you know that's only, that. I know that's only the Magic Kingdom, but it's when you add the Halloween parties into the Christmas parties, it's it's a lot of nights between early September, or what is it? I think it's actually late August now, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Middle of August, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know August right through until the end of the year it's quite a lot of nights and again if you go if you're a Brit and you go for two weeks it probably isn't so bad if you're an American and you go for five nights and you hit the wrong five nights you know for for one thing you might never get to see the fireworks Mm -hmm. right the nighttime fireworks that you've heard about you know I want to see happily ever after you know you just might not get there I mean we left it to our last week when we were there and it was a mistake because the night that we went, everybody had the same idea. It was a night between Halloween parties and it was absolutely even, yeah. like you wouldn't believe. It's like that on every every Happily Ever After night when there's parties going on, it is just yeah. chaos. It is ridiculous. Yeah. And even the parties themselves, I think, uh, they'd sell too many tickets for nowadays. It's... Yeah. Never have I seen the party so both the Christmas and Halloween so busy last year. Yeah. It was it was ridiculous. Oh, Pete, I'll about yourself. Uh, I would love to say that I think the Max Pass would work at Walt Disney World. Uh, it seems to work great at Disneyland. Problem with that is Disneyland is a locals park, and the way the Max Pass works is that you buy it on the day, and it gives you access to extra um, fast passes that aren't available to, to people that haven't paid. Um, I don't think that would work at Walt Disney World. It's not a locals park. Um, most people will be looking to plan before they go in, in this day and age. Um, I honestly don't know what they can do. Uh, the system works for me at the moment. I've had no problems with it. I know you said, Nick, that you felt that we were struggling to get fast passes. Yeah, those tiers don't work, but the, the system itself, I think, works. Mm. Um, the addition of paying for an extra 30 days to book your passes, is that going to make that much of a difference? I don't think so. Um, there isn't the ride there with paying extra. Once you've done the headline rides, you've done them. Yeah, but yeah, look at I, the I, chaos that's going on at Rise of the Resistance right now. Yeah, oh, it's stupid. It is, it's stupid. No, it's stupid. Disney should not be allowing people into the parking lot at 4am. It is ridiculous. That is all on Disney. They're only allowing got them security. into the parking lot because they have to. Because otherwise, they'd they be don't. backed up on the main road. Yeah. Well, that's what the police and security that Disney hire are for. Like, it is just ridiculous. Yeah, it, They need to put the, the Mickey fist down because... If it happens on this, it's going to happen at every future attraction launch, and it's it's just ridiculous. It's very easy to to sort that out as well. You just turn around and say the car parks open at six, and that's it. And you know, people try and get in at four o'clock; they're turned away. That's that that's it. You just put a hard stop to it. That's that's all you can do. 
but I, I think you're right, P-Dubs. I think, as you said, Max Pass seems to work really well. But, you know, you, you sorted out our fast passes, didn't you, for Hollywood yeah. Studios? And, you know, you got the best of, of what you could because of, of how that was based. And I, I think, you know, if we, I mean, we, because we weren't staying on site, we could only get 30 days out anyway, couldn't we? Yeah. So only if and, we was and on that site, was straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Slinky was gone. We had no hope at 30, 30 days. And it leaves you with that choice of you either have to pick Rock and Roller Coaster or Terror of Terror. There is no other choice. And, and that's the problem Hollywood Studios has got at the moment. Until they put those two Star Wars rides in the mix, it's going to be a pain picking fast passes. Yeah. You know, I, I think, honestly think that the worst thing they did was take away the paper fast passes because we still have that in Paris and it still works really, really well. It's not perfect by any stretch, but it's a, to me, it's a much fairer system than what you've got in Walt Disney World right now. They need, it's all integrated on that. They want it all pre-planned because it ties into the yeah. dining plan. You're right. And that's why I don't think the dining plan, the free dining plan will go away. All right. They, they want people to use the dining plan and they know that, that that helps get people in, particularly, particularly like at times when they haven't got a new attraction. Right. I mean, right now we're, we're kind of spoiled for new attractions, but, There'll be a there'll be a lull and there'll be a time when they will use the dining plan to get people there. And there's still times in the year when they you know they use the dining plan to smooth out the the revenue through the year. So but everything's coordinated. So if it was a paper fast pass, you don't know on the day what fast passes you've got. So now you can book your fast passes to suit your meal reservations. And it's all kind of tied together. Um, yeah, you, you can. But if we were still well, using the old system. Yeah, but if we were using the old system still, and I had a dining reservation at 50s Primetime Cafe, and I went into Hollywood Studios, and I could get a fast pass for Toy Story Mania. But at the time I was queuing up to get my fast pass, it was five till six. Well, I just wait a little bit until it reverted to the next hour and then got a fast pass for then. Like yeah, it wouldn't but, change my dining reservation, but uh, that's that's me. I mean, other people might cancel dining reservations, then that messes up the system even more if they were doing something like that. So yeah. I, think I think a lot of it comes down to operations as well. Yeah, uh, they, they need to know what. It's so busy in those parks, yeah. they need to be able to say, "This is what we've got. We know what we're doing. We've got to get that mu- that many people through." Yeah, and, 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 and what, that's what this does. And what you're forgetting is. You know, because I used to like the paper-based system, um, and I was I was against, well, not against, but I was I had concerns about FastPass Plus when it came in. But there's no doubt about it. The thing that it does save is thousands of people running back and forth across the park. You know, and and, and that causes congestion and confusion, but also that takes up some of your day, right? I mean, I can remember like we want to get on Splash Mountain. Oh well. We're at Space Mountain, but I'll I'll run across and I'll see if I can get some fast passes, and then I'll come back and then we'll you know we'll go back later. It, it took up a huge amount of time and effort running about trying to get fast passes. Also, I, I would almost guarantee that on a daily basis, people were being injured on the sprint to Soarin' at Epcot. Yeah, because that was that was the worst yeah. I've seen. 
Like it was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Or Toy Story Mania before they or Toy Story Mania. before they expanded it. That was a that was a mad dash. But I just um I I just really f- there's going to come a there has to come a tipping point surely I mean you know ticket prices go up and up and up and now they're taking away because it used to be you bought your ticket and that was it you had the same access pretty much as everybody else but now slowly it's being put into different tiers and there's going to come a point where the non-Disney guest who's getting shafted is going to start to vote with her feet. And I don't think and Disney I, I don't think really care. I don't think Disney really care, to be honest. Because they're making more money. They're doing it my way. The, 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 the off-property person can buy the fast passes. One, one ride on each ride for the park that they're in that day. But you can't... They won't do that, Greg. They want, they want the Disney guests to have perks. Yet the Disney guests would have perks. They get them for free. But the top tier get unlimited. The lower tier get but there's their going to three be nothing left. There's a limited there's a limited amount of fast passes that you can have in an hour. You, you can't unlimit the number of slots. So okay, what so basically is you won't be able to get on the the the, the people, the non Disney guests just won't be able to get on. So this new Flight app, of Passage or Soren or whatever, this new Genius app or Genie app, whatever it's called, that gives the deluxe hotel guests a touring plan, a time to go, an hour window to go and ride, and it's ten. How many rides do you want to do today? Uh, all of them. Okay, there's your there's your time scale. You're going to be in the park for twelve hours, but you're going to get everything done. That might be an option. But every every one of those extra fast passes is one less fast pass for somebody else. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot of Disney rooms because when you look at the number of vacation properties as well, look at the size of the Riviera Resort. That hasn't even kicked in yet. Plus, every, almost every, I think every deluxe resort has now got DVCs attached to them as well. We've got reflections coming next year. Yeah, there's a huge number of, of rooms. And now some of the partner hotels have got the same perks as the Disney hotels. And this is what I'm saying. You know, using Craig's method, you could be looking at seven, ten thousand people all having this special fast pass at the same time. It's not gonna work. Yeah. Yeah, well I'm just that's if you if you said like there's a thousand people saying yeah, yeah, seven, seven all the time. To ten. Seven you know. to ten thousand people spread across four parks. Yeah, it would touch the sides. No, of course it would. Of course it would. No, it people still want seven to ten thousand people is you drop seven to ten thousand people, so you're talking one and a half more, thousand it's people it's per more park. It's got to be more than that because oh, there, there, there must be at least ten thousand deluxe rooms. Not not people. Surely, yeah, but I don't know what the occupancy. What I'm saying is, you don't know what the occupancy rate is of those because they're not all going to you know you're not they're never going to be fully booked are they no if so not, if, yeah. if Disney release a paid fast pass system it will be open to whoever has the money it won't matter where they're staying Disney yeah, it depends 
Chapek is all about maximizing profits and doing yeah. as little as possible to re- to reinvent and and do something nice to the parks. I mean, you, you can see it. Most of the attractions that are adding are, are rehashes of things that we've seen before. It's until Chapek goes, none of this is going to change. Iger and Chapek both need to go, and you you, you know you need to have someone like um, what's his name? Eisner. Uh, Eisner. You need some someone someone like Eisner back in control of Disney before the park see a positive shift towards delighting guests over maximizing spreadsheets and pleasing shareholders. It won't change until they're out. And let's be honest, as we've said before, with, with all of these things, when they throw in additional costs on the ticket price, when they increase the, the prices of the rooms that you're going to have to stay in, when they increase all of these things, right, there is a ceiling. Right? They do this because people still pay for it. And they will not stop doing these things and making these changes until it goes down. When the revenue goes down, things will change. So this is something that will happen whether we like it or not in some capacity. And if it works and Disney keeps making money and people keep coming back, it will continue. And if people stop coming back and revenue goes down, then they'll revert back. They are a business. They are not going to keep shooting themselves in the foot if it's going to lose the money. So that's that's what we've got to remember. But P-dubs, we're going to go back to you because you posted uh, a question about this on our Facebook page. I did. And we got quite a lot of responses. We did get quite a lot of responses, which it's not a surprise because I think it is going to be something that's, that's going to get people's backs up and also people that are going to love it. And that's the exact response we've had from our listeners. So, first one is Kristen Ann. Uh, she said something has to be done about wait times. They were nuts in the parks yesterday. This was this was over Christmas and New Year. So this was yeah, this was just after New Year. So it was last Friday that we posted this. This will only make it worse. They should use the system that they use for Rise of the Resistance for Flight of Passage and any other similarly popular attractions. Well, we we discussed that and and said what they're doing with Rise of the Resistance at the moment is ridiculous. Um, so I'm not sure I see that that working. I don't think you could do that on a on a regular basis. We know that booking system will probably disappear in six months to a year, um, especially when the the Star Wars Hotel opens. Um, I think that will will definitely die a death at that point. Um, Russell Lawrence Cole, uh, as Nick and I have discussed. The current system is ridiculous, Tower of Terror or Rock and Roller Coaster or Slinky Dog. And of course, good luck picking up any of those later after you've used your original three. Disneyland's Max Pass system is much better, so much so much so that I'm tempted to make Disneyland Resort my new go-to over Walt Disney World. I would definitely pay, but not if the attractions are tiered with limits. I don't need a fast pass for Muppet Vision 3D. We did have one for Muppet Vision 3D. <laughs> Uh, we, Chris had, we, Sunley, had I, we did Chris Sunley I would pay that was it fair enough uh, Simon as well uh, our friend Simon uh, my opinion is it's another cash grab profit's not what they expected so what can we do to make more money without the effort oh let's charge for something that was free sorry can Disney I... if this happens you're making the yearly by yearly trip from many into a five to ten year trip far too expensive and I just want to say on that note, all of our listeners are friends. We just don't know you. Um, 
But Simon's point there, I think, hits a nail on the head because that is that's going to be something that's going to really make people consider their options. I think. I, I agree. Uh, I think, uh, although Disney definitely have uh, Disney parks have, done, have been very profitable last year. I think this is this is an, just another way to get even more profit in the next year. And it'd be interesting that comment um, earlier on, Paul. I forgot who said it, um, but the guy that that said that um, it would make him consider making Disneyland his his home park yeah. instead. I can see that if if things go as as we have been talking that they might do. Um, I can see that being the case for a lot of people who are more central or are not quite as close to Orlando as other people and would rather fly out to to Disneyland instead. Um, I can see that having an impact there as well. Yeah. Uh, Brian Rose, Disneyland California as Max Pass. I feel like a tiered system could work. Here's my idea. Very similar to what you said, Craig. Average day guests not staying on Walt Disney property, three fast passes. On-site hotel guests, four passes. Uh, paid tier one, five passes. And paid tier two, ten, ten passes. Uh, Sean Shelton, thousands of people go a day. There is no legit solution. It is what it is. I think the current current system is probably best. Um, Phil, uh, think at Disney hotels, days you stay should be free. Everyone else should pay feel this would make some rides more bearable. Uh, Our Wendy, not surprised when people do club level so they can buy an extra three per day at 90 days out. Karen Colgazia, as someone that lives out of state and usually only goes one or two days a year, I hope the rumour is right. Um, And Dan Mm. Weora, go back to paper fast passes where the advantage is you have to get to the park early. And that was it. I think it was. I think it was good. I think you know. You saw some people that would be in favour of it, and you saw some people that either hate the current system or or hate the the idea that this might become a thing. So, um, you know, I can see this being uh, a bone of contention. I can see this being something that you know shapes people's holidays going forward if this all comes to pass. Um, and I think the the repercussions will be very interesting to see. Um, you know, if we see for the first year or two that profits continue to go up, um, and eventually we start to see a decline, it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, so, I, I think I think we can stop talking about it now. But I think it was a really interesting concept and uh, a good debating point, which is why we've spent almost the best part of an hour talking about it. <laughs> This is supposed to be the news segment. We've talked about one news item. So I think we should rattle off a few quick other ones before we move on to stuff outside of the parks. But um, I, uh, I, I'll i leap in first and say that um, this weekend saw uh, the closure of one of my favourite shops at Epcot in Mouse Gears. Mm. I, really like, I, don't, I can't tell you what it is about that place that I really liked, but... It was just one of those shops that I always remembered wanting to spend more time in than others. And am I right in thinking this has been closed because of the uh, expansion of that area? Yeah. Yeah. And they just opened up temporary. They have. They have. Um, I've not seen what that is like inside. Isn't it in the... um, 
interventions, I think. Yeah. 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 Over in one of the interventions. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I suppose it's just similar to like what a pop-up shop would be. I, I can't imagine it'd be uh, as well-themed or as well No, it, it, there's no theme into it at all. Yeah. It's, it's literally just a, a base. It looks like a shop Disney store. Okay, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So basically sense. just very, very plain. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's gone in behind the electric umbrella. Which is also closing. Yeah. This is a, another disgrace, yet another Disney disgrace at the parks, because you're charging, t- charging top dollar for admission, and then you're putting on all these um, events that you do at Epcot, all the, the food and wine and all that, so the crowds are flocking in, and when we were there in August last year, it was basically a building site. It was a terrible experience. It was even worse in October and November. It's terrible. And then you bounce over to Hollywood Studios and that was the same, you know. The charging people, an absolute fortune. I do think, and obviously we've got this situation in in the Paris parts at the moment, or or more specifically, the Studios Park in in Paris. I do think it's, um, it's amazing that they can charge you the same day rate this year that they were charging three years ago when this work hadn't started. Um, you know, you've lost all these attractions or you've got all these areas, like you say, look like building sites because they are. Um, and yet you're still paying the same admission. I mean, that was a thing that was the thing that annoyed me the most when we went to Hollywood studios is the fact that um, there was so little to do. And because of that, the queues for everything were, were huge because of what they've been doing there. And um, yeah, it, and you think, but I'm still paying full price for this. And if they turned around and said, you know, Epcot is, you know, having an expansion and, um, you know, there's a lot of attractions that we've closed and there's building work going on and all these other things that we're closing. So, we're actually going to reduce the price of tickets by $30 uh, for a day ticket. That would be more sensible, or I think more more polite to the patrons than, uh, you know, charging them the same day price as a Magic Kingdom or an Animal Kingdom or something. They wouldn't even have to do that. They, They could literally just put $30 gift card on every person as they walk in. Yeah. And then that, that person goes and buys food, drink, merchandise, and they obviously spend a bit more as well. But they feel like they've got something back from Disney. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest crime is that when I was at Epcot, I had to take the Skyliner over to Hollywood Studios to get a Starbucks. <laughs> First world problems of a basic white bitch. <laughs> it's not right, I'm telling you. It's not right. Kerry has uh, told me tonight the um, the pop centuries and the all star sports and all them palavers. You know, is it is it all star sports? Has got no. the skyliner. No, it's just pop century and animation. Yeah, it's just pop. Right. So they're putting the bus services down to an hourly service to pull yeah, people for yeah. pop century on, here onto the skyliner. Yeah, yeah, one an hour. Oh. 
It's, Which would be uh, controversial because there'll be people that have got fear of heights and they're only going to be able to get a bus once an hour. But I guess it'll be a minority of people. But. Well, somebody so. somebody said because obviously the, the problem with the Skyliner is the fact that you know it can't it, it literally can't operate in all weathers. So you know if it's a particularly you know extremely windy day, um, they're not going to go. They're not going to be able to go. So people said, well, what's going to happen then? Because there's only one bus an hour. Well, I'm guessing... Same as what that, happens now when, when boats can't operate. They just put an extra, a, a, a proper bus service on. I was going to yeah, say... Just I, dial it back up again. You know, I'm no, I'm no Columbo, but, you know, <laughs> logic would tell me that if one of the services to get you around the parks isn't working, they'll just lay on more of the stuff that they can. So, yeah. you know... This, I don't actually see it as an issue, to be honest. And I think the... <sighs> Feedback from, because um, my concern was, well, what about disabled people? Um, but apparently the feedback from, from many um, people on Twitter have been that the disabled service on the Skyliner is very good. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we saw it. They took the car offline. It's, it's, yeah. It's good. Took it offline, yeah, but, load the wheelchair, off the go again. But again, the thing is, it's not about the accessibility, because we knew that they were going to be um, you know, disabled-friendly when they were launching this, that's that's not the issue. The issue is, as you just said, that you know some people don't like heights. Some people just don't want to go in them full stop. And if you're going to have one bus an hour, I mean, the thing is, it it, it might you know we we don't know right because we've not started doing this yet. It might be fine. You know, so many people might want to use a Skyliner that even with one bus an hour, that one bus that turns up can actually take everybody that wants to use the bus. But what happens if you end up with more people wanting to use the bus and, you know, when the bus does turn up, you've actually got three or four bus worth, you know, of people waiting to get on. You know, they'll all be pushing stuff and they'll all be trying to get themselves on. And everyone that doesn't get on that bus knows they've got an hour long wait to get another one. I, I don't think, think there'll be is- that many though. I Maybe mean, not. I think no. Skyliner is is pretty efficient, and I agree. People yeah. will grow their confidence, and I know they had the I know they had the accident, and that came right at the beginning, which probably you know scared some people off. But uh, it's a good system. I think it will be popular. Really I mean, I'm I'm scared of fights. I I got on it, and I'm not saying that all people that are scared of fights should man up. But you know where the Skyliner is. You know, just stay at another resort. There's there's You've got other resorts that are just as cheap that you can stay at. That bus service is is normal, and if if, if in the worst case scenario, I think if there are four bus loads of people and people all saying they're scared of heights, Disney will just call another bus in. They're not. Yeah. Um, they're not I mean, that heartless. They they do have the ability to do that. Bus drivers will will do. Bus drivers do it now. If you yeah. know the, the standard is twenty minutes. If you're waiting and there's another bus um, on there, he'll he'll stop. He'll radio in, and there'll be another bus there in a couple of minutes. And I thought I read it was only Pop Century. Um, it is. The rumour is that it's going to expand to other... Yeah. But it's like part of animation still maintains its regular bus service. You've, you've got the option of just walking to another out of animation, although you've got to believe they're going to cut that back as well. Yeah. I mean, if you want to stay at a cheap hotel, stay at All Stars. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you know, if you ask out of heights, I, I'm... I was petrified when I went on the, the Skyliner, but I had to do it. I'm not. I'm not a great fan of heights, um, and 
you know, me and P Dub Stop, we had to go on the Skyliner because it was the first, you know, we were there the first day it was operating. Um, and uh, you know, even though I'm I'm not a great fan of heights, once I was up there, I was I was fine. It it felt quite smooth. Um, you know, but again, the day we went up there, it wasn't a particularly windy day. I don't know if um if it how much it gets to rock when the wind blows, but that might make me feel a bit different. But I, how, I mean, how much higher are you on that than you are on the monorail? Probably not that much higher. I mean, if, if it helps, you're probably more likely to die in a bus crash. Thanks, no, Ryan. Always, uh, always <laughs> <there's> <laughs> <been> cheerful. <laughs> there's, been more, there's been more Disney bus crashes than there have Skyliner crashes, just saying. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I should hope so with the fact that... In the last been, six months? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay let's not talk facts <laughs> okay <laughs> oh it's such a trump um i wanted to just quickly mention uh something else that i saw which is we've seen some new spirit jerseys we know everyone loves spirit jerseys i own no uh, spirit jerseys but we know that everyone loves them um the first one was i think the first piece of decent almost decent merchandise for the Mandalorian mm. and more specifically our Lord and Saviour Baby Yoda and uh, that was a spirit jumper with uh, a nice Mandalorian front on a font on the back you know the, the show's logo on the back that was pretty cool but I thought the really big picture of uh, Baby Yoda was uh, a bit tacky on the front I thought it ruined it. Yeah, I think it looked a bit pants. I think it would have been better if he was like poking out from where the the Disney logo normally is. Do you know what? Put like put a fake pocket on there and have him exactly. poking out. Put exactly. his little head up. Why? Why is it easy? Oh, why is it easy for non-designers to to make better things? I know it's it, it's incredible. Um, but the other one that I saw, and this is where I thought you might get involved, Ryan, uh, was there's a Pixar one. Yeah. And that's, did that come out today as we recalled? Or it came out today, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that looks that looked quite interesting. It's um, very uh, very bright. It's got the, the Luxo ball kind of plastered all over it. Yeah, yeah, but I like the Luxo ball. It does so, look cool. I'd, I'd probably buy it if I, if I saw it. Um, but yes, you mentioned it because it's a piece that I wrote, right? I didn't mention it, like, I mentioned it because I saw it and thought, oh, that looks quite cool. And then clicked on the thing and it said written by you. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Whatever gets me the click. <laughs> well, exactly. There's some revenue for you. Um, <laughs> but was there any other in-part news that anyone wanted to talk about? I have one one uh, thing, which was that it's been going crazy on Twitter this past week. But the, the Regal Eagle Smokehouse... Oh my in god! The, it's the new barbecue place that's going to be hosted by Sam Eagle from the Muppets. I I really think people have got confused about who Sam the Eagle is in the Muppets. Because yeah, some people some people think this is the worst thing to ever happen to the American well to Epcot. He, but the thing is, the whole gimmick. His whole character is on how patriotic he is to the USA. Mm. 
if anything, this is the most perfect fit I can think of. Yeah, it, I completely agree. I when I heard the news, I was pretty happy to be honest because. I was like, when, when I, because it was a few months ago when they said it's going to be a barbecue smokehouse. I was like, oh, how American. Like, they couldn't think of anything, they couldn't think of anything more original than that. And then um, they announced, it's like they heard me shouting just in the middle of the American Pavilion in October. And now they announce that Sam Eagle's going to be there. And I, I think it's really cool. You know, and the amount of people that moaned when they took the, the Muppets out of Liberty Square last year. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. So they moaned about that, and then they bring the Muppets, or they, you know, they bring something back like this, and then everyone kicks off again. Like you're damned well, if guess, you do. The only concern, I guess, that I can see from people is that if it's going to be another Pizza Rizzo, that's the issue. A Pizza Rizzo. I, I, I went in there for the first time actually in October. The food's not as horrendous as people say it is, but it doesn't feel particularly. Muppet themed, and I hope that it's a little less subtle than Pizza Rizzo is. Mm. No, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, a little less subtle, more more garish. I'd like to see an animatronic Sam, but that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, strange things have happened, but or you're probably a, a, right. An hourly, an hourly performance by a puppeteer, maybe the same one they fired from Magic Kingdom. <laughs> there you go. Yes. But, sorry? I thought it was pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I personally didn't see a problem with it. It's bringing the Muppets back into the parks, uh, which I think you know a lot of people are in favour of. And um, I, I just thought it, it was a really good thing. You know, if they said they were sticking um, Sam the Eagle in, you know, Tomorrowland... You know, in the character of progress, I I I kind of understand the uproar, but I just I just think that it's you know he's the most patriotic Muppet, and he's been stuck in an American restaurant. I think it makes perfect perfect sense. Yeah, completely. And then the the other thing I had was that the STK Steakhouse in Disney Springs is dropped as drops the Disney dining plan, and. I mean, it's not the first time a big restaurant has done this, but I'm just wondering if it's it's the the early signs. There's been a lot of rumours. I've had people that I know that work for Virgin Holidays that have said it doesn't look likely that Disney are going to release a dining plan for 2021. And if they don't do it for 21, then it's probably just going to die. Um, is this the first sign that that is going to happen? Possibly. I hope that it stays, personally, but we'll see. I mean, to, for, for me, I think it's more a sign of, of how successful STK is. Or not, as the, mm. as the case may be. Um, I I never dined in there. Um, I've never been in there either. But, you know, we've got one in London. There's one, you know, there's one in Vegas. You know, there's quite a few around the world. And the concepts of it just doesn't sound appealing to me. Like, apparently the music's quite loud in there. When I'm eating my food, the last thing I want is to feel that I'm in the middle of a nightclub. Um, and that is kind of its, you know, its character. So, you know, I wonder if it's more the fact that it's maybe not doing so well. Maybe it's not going to have its license, uh, well, not license with lease, but, you know, I don't know what the lease is on, on that building. Um, you know, could we 
be seeing something take over from it in the next year or so. Maybe that's why they're not on it. I don't know. But Possibly. It could be that Disney Dining um, participants just aren't going to that to the restaurant. I mean, I think Disney Dining as a whole, like when I was in the boathouse, almost I think every table around us, bar one, because I'm nosy, um, the the server asks kind of, you know, are you on a Disney Dining plan? I think almost all of them were. So I, I just think, I think maybe we, could, we could probably do a whole different episode on it, but if you cancel the Disney Dining plan, I think attendance at some of those restaurants are gonna is gonna drop massively. Mm. Um, I think you're right, especially with places like that where it is more expensive to eat, and you kind of get a lot more bang for your buck in terms of uh, what you're saving. So yeah, I mean, even if like, you don't save a penny, I think the concept of having all your meals pre-paid for is strong enough in itself. Yeah, some of those resort. About... Sorry, right. That's what I was just like saying that you don't have to worry about spending more money on food once you've arrived. You know that's all paid for. I think that that speaks <clears throat> quite a lot. Yeah, I was just going to say some of the resort restaurants will will take a big dive if the dining plan goes away mm. because yeah, it really did spread people out. You know, you got you're there for fourteen nights. You got fourteen table service meals. You, you, you try different restaurants that you wouldn't normally go to. And I, I think it will start, you know, if, if they did that, it would probably encourage people to start eating off-site for that as well. Um, yeah, I think so. Save money. Um, cool. Okay, well, I think that's us done for part news. Uh, Ryan, I know that you've got to disappear. So yes. um, thank you very much for joining us for the first uh, of a five-hour episode of Disaster Dark. <laughs> I look forward um, to listening to the rest. <laughs> can you, before you go, because we are obviously going to now talk about stuff outside of the parts, we'll be talking about the rise of Skywalker. Uh, just in a few short words, just your your very quick opinion of the rise of Skywalker. Yes, I have seen it three times now. Um, I went to see it at midnight. I absolutely loved it. Babu Frick is the greatest character to ever come into a Star Wars movie out of nowhere. Um, I think the story is great. I think that Disney have removed things that they shouldn't based on rumours. J.J. Abrams doesn't sound very happy with the final product. Um, and I think the movie could have been better. But as a Star Wars fan, I thought it was non-stop action from start to finish. And I absolutely loved it. And I think I don't think I can ask of a movie anything more than that there was a couple of moments are we talking spoilers or not um no no it's it's okay. it's, it's fine there was a couple of moments where i got a little bit annoyed especially there's a scene towards the end that annoyed me and apparently jj refused to shoot it and disney just did it anyway and you can see why when you when you know the scene i'm talking about but otherwise oh, so spoil it what, what scene oh spoil it oh the kiss scene all oh, right yeah Everyone in the cinema at the midnight viewing groaned. There was literally an audible groan. Um, it was like, oh. And oh, hang on, you're talking it, about the second kiss scene, aren't you? Right at the end. Uh, which one? Not, not the not the Kylo. I'm talking about the Kylo one. Oh, you are talking about the Kylo? Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about that one. I don't care about that. No. Um, that that was only in there to appeal to the Raylo fans on on Twitter and. It was just—it just seemed fudged in. At no point in the trilogy did I think there was any kind of romantic connection between the two of them. Um, Interesting. Maybe I maybe I misread it, and I'm sure probably some of you disagree. But 
I, I and and my wife completely disagrees and thought there was from the start, but I didn't see it personally. Uh, apologies uh, to our listeners for Ryan not saying uh, my wife correctly. Uh, that will be rectified <laughs> in a in a later edit, probably by JJ Abrams himself. Um, Ryan, thank you very much, uh, and we'll leave it there, and we'll go straight over to the news outside of the parks. The Diz After Dark General News is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. For all things Halloween Horror Nights at both Hollywood and Orlando, visit HHNUnofficial.com. So, I suppose we'd better start off with um, with The Rise of Skywalker. It was the, the big kind of film pre-Christmas. You know, it was the big release. Uh, one of the the most anticipated of the year. Um, But, you know, some people are saying it's a bit of a flop. Um, We live in amazing times, I think, when a film uh, can make almost a billion dollars at the box office and people think that it's not doing well. Um, uh, You know, it it fascinates me. But that is the world we're we're living in now. Um, you know, it's it's not done. It had a, a smaller opening weekend than the Last Jedi, and of course, the Force Awakens. Um, I think the Force Awakens was a bit of an anomaly because it was the first Star Wars film for a long time, um, and so that was always destined to to be massive. Um, but the Last Jedi, you know, had its its issues and its critics, and uh, you know, didn't do quite so well. But, I mean, the opening weekend for The Rise of Skywalker was $177 million. You know, it's in the top five opening weekends of all time in America. Yeah, it's still pretty good, isn't it? It's, it's really good. Of course it's really good. But, um, yeah, most films would. Um, but it is seen uh, as, a, as a slight disappointment. Now, uh, as as we speak, um, it's it's done... Uh, nine hundred, about nine hundred and thirty million dollars. So it's almost uh, at the, the the one billion mark. Um, it will pass a billion. Um, you know, it's, it's it's still top of the, the charts. It has been for the last um, well since opening weekend. It's it's been number one every weekend. Um, there's no real big releases coming out until um, Doolittle in a, in a few weeks. That's probably its next big competition. So I think it'll be number one still for a little bit of time. Um, but, you know, I, I think we've all seen it at least once now. So um, I've already talked about my my views on it and, and P-Dubs did actually on an episode of yeah. um, the currently named Pop After Dark. Um, but I thought I'd just go around uh, and, and ask uh, what, what people thought. Um, so Craig, I'm going to come to you first. I absolutely loved it. I've seen it twice. Uh, it was better the second time round. I actually can't stop thinking about it. And on the run up to the film, we watched the first two in the in the, the new trilogy, and both of them have improved with age, without all the drama attached to them and all the whatevers and all the Twitter nerds or whining. The two of them were a thoroughly enjoyable experience. And then this one just topped it off. 
I don't care that J.J. Abrams didn't want to film a kiss. I'm not interested. It is what it is. It's a cracking film. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's been some information in the last week or so about this. It sounds like um, it was a lot more trouble than it was made out to be. Um, I'm hearing rumours of six different cuts of the film. Um, I'm I'm hearing rumours that there was at least... 30 minutes lopped off the film. Um, was Doctor Who stage. in it? Was Doctor Who supposed to be a, a right, villain? So, Matt Smith was in it and they cut him. Yeah, so his his whole character never showed up in the film at all. How, I don't know. How do you do that? Well, I, I don't know where it was in the story, but uh, we know at some point they did reshoots. So I'm assuming that, you know, the things that they reshot made sure there was no reference to that character and that and that side plot. Um, and he knew at least six months ago that he wasn't in it. So is he going to spend the next two years appearing on various talk shows around the world talking about how he was cut out of a Disney film? I mean, Jack oh, Wackles made a career from? out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so much so that they had to cast him again. Well, I, it, it was quite... It was quite funny because I had actually completely forgotten Matt Smith had been cast in this film. Um, he he was never officially announced. Okay, he just appeared on he just appeared on a cast list one time, mm. and and that was it. And after that, he was gone again. I wonder. I'm trying to think who who, who he could play. I wonder if he was supposed to be like a young Palpatine or something. And I've got no I, idea. I'm, I'm not sure. speculating. I've got no idea. There was a lot of talk that there was stuff filmed of Kylo taking over the Knights of Ren. And I wonder whether Matt Smith was the, the original leader. Okay. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of the film that we've not seen. Um, a lot of stuff in the film that we heard that we didn't see. So... One of the things that I, and, and this is bizarre to me, um, one of the things that they filmed, which they, they cut out, was um, the, the ghosts of the Jedi. So yeah. we heard various uh, Jedis from previous Star Wars films. So we heard Liam Neeson, we heard Samuel L. Jackson, we heard uh, Ewan McGregor's uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, we heard some of the other um, Jedis from... Uh, some of the animated films, uh, as well as Hayden Christensen as uh, Anakin Skywalker as well. So we heard their voices, but apparently all of them were filmed. Yeah, we Hayden, was, to see them. Hayden was spotted on set. Yeah. And he was actually booked for um, some conventions, apparently, and he was told that it wasn't going to be in the film and was pulled from those conventions. I don't know if that was a Disney decision or if that was his agent or whatever. Um, but the the rumour going around, although I'm not entirely convinced by this, but the rumour going around is that uh, they cut the ghosts because of the Chinese market. Because in China, they don't allow ghosts in films. So, just, reason, cut, so just cut it from the Chinese cut of the film? Well, right. So, so that's why I'm not convinced by that argument because... Number one, as Craig said, you could have cut the film for the Chinese market. I mean, they already cut out the the uh, gay kiss at the end for various markets. So that little 
very short scene was cut for certain uh, releases in countries where that is not deemed appropriate. The idiots. Um, but uh, but the other thing as well is that China is is traditionally a very small market for Star Wars. You know, The Force Awakens was their first attempt at making Star Wars popular in China. They wanted to break China with The Force Awakens. Couldn't because- this just be a, a very cynical cash grab? Because didn't they do it with Avengers Endgame, where they re-released it to get it over the line with, was it 15 minutes of extra footage? So the rumour going around, no, it was less than that. Was it? It was literally one scene uh, in the film and uh, a bit during the end credits. Um, The the rumour going around is that they may re-release it at the cinema at a later date. There will be an extended cut of some kind on uh, the Blu-ray home release. Um, And there will also be another version on Disney+. Plus. Now, that's the rumour. That's not confirmed. Disney have not come out and announced that's going to be the case, but that is what uh, is being banded about at the moment. The Disney Plus rumour sounds plausible because they obviously uh, want to get exclusive content on there in a in a bid to get people to keep their Disney Plus uh, accounts open. So that makes sense. Uh, Blu-ray traditionally have, you know, director's cuts and have deleted scenes on the discs. So that wouldn't be within the realms of possibility as well. Um, but I, I'm not I'm not sure about a re-release of the cinema. It, uh, that, to me, seems a less likely of the options at the moment because... Um, it's not looking to break anything. You know, if, if they re-release this film at a cinema with an extra 30 minutes of footage, for, for example, it will have a bump, but very similar to the bump that they got for the Avengers. Early 30 years. minutes would be a massive bump. No, I'm not saying it wouldn't. I'm talking about the, the amount of people that would go back and see it because there was an extended cut. We'd I, all go back and see it. Yeah, but I think... I think uh, Endgame made about another $20 million or something during that brief period they re-released it with the extra footage. But that before, was, as, as you say, that was only a couple of minutes. If you put 30 minutes in, yeah, that is substantial. I, I agree, but what I think we've seen with the reaction to this film, and I'll continue asking people what they thought of it in a minute, is that this film, you know, there, there are people who have gone to see this once and have gone, you know, this just proves the Disney series was was all a waste of time and I'm never going to watch it again. If you tell those people, well, there's now going to be a 30-minute, uh, you know, an extra 30 minutes of footage that we're going to stick in this film, they're not going to go back and see it. But you, but Craig, I mean, I, I'm like you. If if you told me that I could go back and see this film with an extra 30 minutes of footage they'd cut out the first time, I'd definitely go back and see it, whether I had to pay for it or not. Um, so there are people that would do that, but it's what I'm saying is, is that the opening weekend for this film was $177 million. If they re-release this film with an extra 30 minutes, they're not going to see $177 million more million that weekend. No, of course. Not. It will be a it will be a much much smaller percentage. I said like maybe ten, twenty, thirty million. It won't be a huge bump. Um, 
but we'll see. Uh, P-dubs, your thoughts? Yeah, I, as I said on Pop After Dark, I felt it was the best of the three, of the new ones. Uh, it tied everything up nicely for me. Um, I actually feel, and I said to you, it might be controversial, it might not. I think Kylo Ren was a better villain and had a better storyline than, than Vader did. Um, I actually felt there was more conflict in him throughout the whole series of films, whereas Vader kind of flipped a switch at the end and, and that was it, he changed. Um, whereas Kylo quite clearly had issues about what he was doing throughout the entire series. He he wondered whether he should kill his dad or not at that point. And, and throughout the film, he had the connection with, with Rai. Um, so I liked his storyline far better than Anakin slash Vader. Um, I said that I felt some of the characters they brought back could have had a little bit more to do. We we discussed Lando. Um, that's another thing that we've now found out. His storyline got cut to shreds. Um, the novelization proves that, um, that there was more to the storyline with him and and the other um, stormtrooper that abandoned uh, her post. Um, and I'm sure we'll find out a bit more about that in future stories. But yeah, overall, really enjoyable film and the best of the, the three and the new ones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mr. Dean, what about you? Yeah, similar to, to Ryan's comments, really. I uh, enjoyed the film, thought it was really good. Um, proper Star Wars film, lots of action. Liked Kylo Ren and Ray's storyline. Um, it could have been better. I mean, I think there were bits in it that it didn't quite sit right, and there was there was an awful lot of it. You know, I mean, I don't mean the length of the movie. I just mean um, it, it, it got a bit messy in places. Um, it could have just been simplified a little bit and focused more on just a couple of main story threads. Um, but you know, overall, really enjoyed it. Hoping to go back and see it again this weekend. Only seen it once. And we wanted to see it a second time. Um, definitely be buying it on Blu-ray. Hopefully the director's cut, but usually they don't come for a couple of years, in my experience. Um, be surprised if you get a director's cut right out of the gate. But uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It, it will be interesting, uh, I think, with, with this, because a few people now have spoken out uh, about what was cut from the film and that's, you know, some of the actors that saw what was going on. So uh, Dominic uh, Monaghan, is his, that his name? I don't know. The guy from Lost, he got shoehorned in at the last minute. Um, you know, he said that there was a lot of stuff that they cut that when he saw the final cut, he was like, well, hang on a second. What about this? What about that? So, and he spoke about the fact that, you know, J.J. Abrams wasn't particularly keen with the the final cut. Um there was also rumours that Lucas got involved at one point. I don't know how true that is, um, if he did or not, but that's... that's Craig quite... or George? <laughs> yeah, Craig. They got Craig involved. I was... Yeah. They I, no, the swear I, I words I in. Categorically <laughs> deny I was doing overtime. <laughs> As Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. As he stunned double. Um, I mean, I think I think the whole thing is, is quite interesting. I... Uh, spoken previously uh, about this on, on the podcast. Um, you know, I really liked it. Uh, it it's, it's clearly my favourite of, of the new trilogy. 
Um, it's in my top three, uh, all of the, the whole saga. I, I think it was really good. It's, it's not a perfect film, but I liked what they did with the story. Um, I guessed the, the Ray twist in the force awakens. I, I still categorically remember, um, coming out of that film and sitting with my, my wife in, uh, in Bubba Gump's for some dinner in Leicester square. And, um, you know, saying my my guess is is that she's either an Obi Wan, uh, you know, like descendant of Obi Wan or Palpatine. Um, mm. It was the only the only logical thing I could think of. So the fact that so many people are angry about it surprised me. Um, but uh, yeah, it, for me, this should have they should have done a Harry Potter with this. There should have been or, or an Avengers. There should have been a part one and part two. I know that's not what the rest of the film series has done, but I think there was so much story left to tell that they had to. Um, Trilogy in four parts. Yeah. I really, I mean, the thing is like, I really like the last Jedi. I do like the last Jedi. The more I've watched it back, the more I liked it. But the problem with this new trilogy is because they didn't use the Marvel model that had clearly been working. And that is, we are doing three films and this is what the three films are going to be. And this is a story we're telling in the three films and this is how we're going to do it. You, you had a JJ Abrams film, a Ryan Johnson film and a Colin Trevelo film. And they all were telling the same story, but in different ways that didn't all kind of marry up. Uh, And, you know, and I think they were probably wise to bring back JJ to, to see out the trilogy to kind of try and make it fit more rather than keep with the, the three different directors they had. Um, but they had to try and make a lot of things fit or try and go back and kind of retcon things to, to make it so. Um, but I, I, I really liked it and I've seen it. Uh, I've only seen it twice so far. I'm going to try and possibly see it a third time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot positive about it. And I I get why, you know, this, this film was going to be impossible for everyone to love. Like, you couldn't make a Star Wars film to round this, this series up that was going to please every Star Wars fan. But I think they did the best job that they could with it. And uh, I think some of the criticism has been particularly toxic. I mean, this is uh, by far the worst fandom I've ever been involved in. And I've been involved in this Twitter. So I know what toxic fandoms are like. I'm wrestling. Um, you know, the, 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 the way people have reacted for certain things has just been sad, I think, really. Uh, it's just a bloody film, people. And it's important for a lot of us. We grow, grew up with Star Wars and it's been a big part of our lives. But um, I think they, they ended it in the best way that they, they could. And I, I can't see... Um, how they could have done a better job than than what they did with uh, with the resources they had. So, be interesting to see when we get to see this longer cut. And I am absolutely confident we will. I don't think this is another Snyder Justice League job. You know, it's all been filmed. It's up to Disney to actually release it to the public, but I think they will. Um, so, yeah. Just so, as a tangent, when we before the film came out, we watched. Um, we watched the original trilogy, but then we watched Rogue One, and then we watched the two films, you know, Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Yeah, 
and it made me realise just how good a film Rogue One is. It's a, to me, it's it's a spot on film. It's, I, can't, I can't fault it, really. No, and I mean, again, that was another film that had issues in, in production, but I, I think the way that that tied into, um, you know, A, a New Hope was just, just so well done. And, you know, it, it, like The Mandalorian, it, it felt like a an old-fashioned Star Wars film. I think they did a really yeah. good job with it. And, uh, you know, it does get a lot of love, so I can't say it's underrated, but... Um, it's yeah, going to get forgotten about a lot about that, I think. No. Be- because it's... Time. Yeah, I think because it's it's not part of, of the, the saga. So, mm. uh, and I think this this is going to be the problem with the, the next series of films that we get with this next trilogy, um, is that because they won't be the Skywalker saga, there'll be something else, um, I think there's a big chance that they will not be uh, as big as... Uh, Star Wars as we know it, um, you know, Rogue One did did really good business, did over a billion dollars at the at the box office. Um, you know, the rise of Skywalker is is probably going to overtake that relatively soon and become the the third biggest in this um, this Star Wars led uh, Star Wars franchise. But um, yeah, I, I agree that it it will probably be a little bit more forgotten about than, than other films. And as much as I love Solo, and I do like Solo. Um, you know, Rogue One is is a, a much better film that fits into yeah. the context a, a lot better. Um, so it's a, it's a shame, but um, yeah. Enough about Star Wars. Uh, the other big film that Disney had out before Christmas is Frozen Two, and uh, I broke the news to you to you guys uh, today that it's now become the the highest grossing animated release of all time. It surpassed the first Frozen, and it deserves that. It, it deserves to overtake Frozen. I I agree. Um, I mean, I still think there are animated films that are better than both the Frozen films. Um, you know, Toy Story, for example. Still, I still think that series is is better than Frozen. Um, but it is what it is. But uh, yeah, it reached 1.325 billion uh, this weekend, which has made it to the top of the charts. But I wasn't sure, was it um, yourself, P-Dubs, or was it Ryan that was questioning the Lion King in this? Ryan questioned it, and I, I came in with the fact that uh, that the Academy are counting it as, as animated. Because I don't think the Golden Globes did, did they? No. Um, which which but saw... I think they went down the line of we don't really know what it is, so we're not going to nominate it for anything. Yeah, I mean this could be like the new Tron. I don't know if if anyone knows about that, but you know Tron didn't get any Oscar nominations because um, they couldn't work out how the effects were done <laughs> because because the technology was so new at the time. So um, you know it didn't it didn't win any Academy Awards. Um, for visual effects and things like that um you know it's it's clearly an animated film which i think was sold as a live action film um and that's where the kind of confusion lies so disney themselves actually have kind of come out and said it's obviously an animated film but most parties are actually considering it as a a live action remake which happens to be 
mostly animated. So, um, so depending on who you speak to, depends on if it's Frozen or if it's The Lion King. Because I think the, the Lion King did one point six billion dollars. Um, well, I only seen The Lion King on New Year's Eve. You know how I feel about talking lions. They really piss me off. Um, however, this film is an absolute work of art. I take my hat off and I humbly apologise. And what was brilliant about it was all the animals are acting like animals. But they're doing it in the context of The Lion King. I mean, I number thought, one, they're not acting, Craig. Well, that's debatable. They're, it's not debatable because they're not real. They're not real lions. They have the same mannerisms as real lions. What I didn't notice, none of them had a bum hole. But the same with dinosaurs. Apparently, dinosaurs on films don't have bum holes. But I'm not going into that. Well, well, I could if I would, but you know what I mean. So it was amazing. Absolutely fantastic film, uh, Mister D. Didn't you like The Lion King? Yeah, I did. Um, but I just thought it didn't add anything to the story for me. No, it didn't. It didn't. It, it was good. If I'd seen The Lion King, the the recent version, the CGI version, before I'd seen the animated version, I'd be I'd be like you, Craig. I'd be saying, "Wow." Unbelievable, fantastic, etc. But having seen the animated version, I don't know. It was just it just had more heart. I think you know. The, yeah, but the music but that's, and stuff like that. What do you do in the animated version? With the, what do you do with everything? Is to humanise everything so they all do silly, stupid faces and mm. they're all swinging on ropes and and dive bombing each other and. But yeah. this one, they've all got the animal twitches off to a T. The way they mm. do. Or the mannerisms, oh, mm-hmm. it was it was like um, that fellow we used to watch in the eighties who used to go to the zoo and put the yeah. animal Johnny Morris, on. Johnny, Johnny Morris, Morris, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I just, I just think it sits to me. It just sits alongside the animated one. It's, I, I don't, I wouldn't say it's better than the animated one. It's different. It's a different experience, but it was, it was good. We enjoyed it. Make the animated film remove any of the emotion and redraw it, and there's your new Lion King. That's that's it. A very impressive technological achievement, but an excellent example in just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah. Um, I think that was my review on Pop After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not 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 a fan at all. And P Dubs um, wisely avoids nearly all of the the live action or. Yeah, if you want to call them remakes that they do, so I've literally seen Beauty and the Beast, and I think that's it. That's I mean, I will, I will say, um, I'm a big fan of Lady and the Tramp, I think they did that very well. And I've seen that, yeah, that didn't suffer for me in the same way that The Lion King did. I think it was Dumbo was uh, better done. Shingus. Dumbo's divided people. I, I'm uh, I'm an advocate for it, but I'm uh, I'm in the minority, so I'm I'm, I'm perfectly fine yeah. accepting that. But uh, yeah, um, so I mean, it's it's an impressive achievement. We talked before Frozen Two came out about you know was this film going to be able to match up to the success of the first one? Um, clearly, it is. Um, and and like Craig said, and like I said when I after I watched it a second time, 
Um, it's probably a better film than the first Frozen. I, I, no, it is a better film than the first Frozen. Um, the story is still a bit wishy-washy, but the songs are better. Um, and the animation is just completely stunning. Um, you know, if you think, thought Frozen was a good-looking film, Frozen 2 just completely blows it out of the water. Uh, beautifully done. Um, but, you know, we, we weren't sure if it was going to, and it's it's smashed it. I mean, it's 1.325 now um, worldwide, and it's still going strong. So who knows where it will actually end up uh, with, a, with a total figure. We'll find out in a few months, I suppose. Um, but was there anything else um, before we wrap up that anyone wanted to uh, bring to the table? No, not for me. No, nope. yeah, I'm good. Cool. Okay, well, uh, last thing, just because I got an email before the show started, um, for people in uh, the UK, I, I think this applies to Europe as well, but specifically the UK, um, Disney are now sending out emails to tell you that Disney Life will be launching soon. They'd previously announced it was the 31st of, uh, of March, but that actually now just says March. So I don't know if they might be moving the release date up to the 1st of March. All I can tell you is at the moment, Disney Life is broken. Uh, we can't get it to work properly at all. So uh, I don't know if that's a sign that uh, changes are coming on, on that platform. Soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Um, Disney Life on my mobile devices, when you go into the search, it'll say um, animation or whatever. And it's just blank. There's absolutely no films. Uh, on uh, We use it on the Apple TV, and um, my wife was trying to use it earlier, and it keeps logging her out, and it says that it will send an activation code or something, and it never arrives. So there's definitely some problems with it. And I, if, in all honesty, I don't think Disney actually care at the moment about Disney life and about it working. So... Uh, we're currently paying for a service we can't actually use. So thanks for that. Um, just get Disney Plus sorted sooner rather than later so we can actually get the rest of the content the world enjoys. But um, yeah, just just a heads up for you if uh, if you've been waiting for more news on that. Um, but thank you, Craig. Thank you, Pauls. Um, and thank you, dear listener, for joining us on this episode. Um, thank you for listening to me waffle at the beginning. I tried to shut up for most of the episode afterwards. I hope that helped. And uh, yeah, we will see you for The Last Is After Dark, as we know it, next, uh, well, in two weeks. So we'll see you then. Bye. Cheerio. Au revoir. Why? Because we like you. Kick it. Kick it enough. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.